You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. So you're struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. While we're all enjoying our day, we're going to lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. Over and over again throughout all of my work, I keep stressing how a man needs to have a purpose and he needs to make it his first priority over women. Now, that does nothing to help you when you have no idea what your purpose is or what it should be. Now, I'm tempted to answer the question in one of my books, but the method I advocated wasn't exactly going to work for everyone. It might be helpful if you were uh, going to have an artistic purpose or an entrepreneurial type. But you see, not every guy is like that. Not every guy is creative or wants to start a business. But I'll tell you what, exercising a creative intelligence is sure to get you far with women. But you see, many guys that are successful in their lives when it comes to women have a different type of mind and one that's more aligned with numbers and syntaxes. You know, for many uh, successful guys, you see many successful guys, they're doctors or lawyers or accountants or IT professionals, and they already have great gigs, so they have no need for side hustles or small businesses. The time would be probably better spent for them getting better at their current craft than solving the riddles of the new economy. But still, every man needs a purpose. Every man needs goals. And the ideal man will set them up and prioritize them over women and work tirelessly to reach them. And these goals may even bring him more happiness and motivation to life than women do. And on top of that, he doesn't necessarily have to reach them. The journey towards them can be satisfying enough. But best of all, the results he can reap from such goals, the utility that these purposes can serve in life, and the rewards of long-lasting satisfaction are going to do more for him than marrying a porn star that never wants to stop having sex. The first one is financial freedom. It's imperative that every human being, not just men, seek this goal and make it their primary purpose in life. The goal of financial freedom is to have the remainder of your life already paid for and no longer be dependent on paychecks, employers, clients, work, when you can live off the interest and dividends generated by your wealth to pay your bills or retire early. That's when you've reached financial freedom. Every guy needs to strive for it. Now, some pseudo-moralists will reject this idea. That anything having to do with money should be put first in life. They're going to reject that. They're going to say, oh, this leads to a greedy society of self-interest. More sacrificing and selfless existence of serving your fellow humans would be a more noble one in their eyes. But these pseudo-moralists delude themselves because one of the best things you can do for other people in this world is to not be a burden on them. You see, I'm someone that has worked in financial services and have worked closely with the transition to retirement. And one of the most difficult conversations I've had to have with clients was to tell them that they were out of money, that they expended all of their retirement savings. And those clients had exhausted all their assets not because they lived too long, but because they saved too little and they invested too conservatively. These people would now have to go on the public dole and become a net negative economic participant. And this problem has become common enough for it to be joked about. Uh, the Amazon series, uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where her parents tell her they have calculated their living expenses to determine how long they can allow themselves to live. And after their assets are depleted, they'll just have to die. And on the dark, less funny side, this problem has become so prevalent that there's actually a new retirement plan called the Smith & Wesson Retirement Plan. And the way it works is when you run out of savings, you blow your head off with a handgun. And some people are like legitimately 
pushing this idea, and my first thought is like, man, what is wrong with you? So it's it's not funny, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, they're not doing it as a joke, but it's definitely not something I would ever advocate. But let's face some real facts here. Social security is going to run out, and that's just due to the decline in population reproduction replacement rates. If not enough young people are being born to grow up and enter the workforce to pay into it to support the old and retired, that's going to fail. Even if it's magically saved before it fails, the payouts from it are not enough to either be social nor secure. And the same can be said about Medicare as well, and countless other entitlement programs that people are going to be counting on once they uh, can no longer work. But here's the uh, real thing about that is that the collectors of these benefits are getting much more out of them than they ever paid into them just due to the increase in the average lifespan. So it's incumbent upon you to take responsibility for your own retirement, financial well-being, and financial freedom. Otherwise, one of two things is going to occur. The first is that you'll become a burden on others, and when this occurs, others will start to resent you and despise you. And we have that problem already just being male, but you yourself will also develop hate in your heart because when you live off of the breadcrumbs that fall from the master's table, you grow to resent the master. You see, I figured this out as a kid, watching my mother complain about the government and the welfare system, or the man, as uh, she called it, while she was living off of the welfare system. When someone is given something for free, they come to resent the person that's giving it to them, just like a child that's raised with the silver spoon and given everything they've ever wanted. We have a term for those kids, spoiled brats. They're never grateful for what their parents do for them and never respect them. Now, the second outcome is that others won't allow you to be a burden on them. You know, suppose social security is extensively rolled back or welfare becomes a thing of the past. You end up with very few options afterward. You could beg the churches, beg the charities, or try to solicit help from family and friends. But in these cases, leeching off of others becomes more difficult and shaming since you have to look your provider in the eye and see them face to face and ask them to give you money while you do nothing as opposed to the anonymity of a government check. So you must learn to save your money, and you must also learn how to make it grow. Because every single day, the dollar bills in your pocket begin to lose value, just like how a car depreciates in value with each mile driven. The dollar depreciates in value with each day passing because new ones are being printed off by the millions each day. Maybe even billions. I don't know. I've lost track of what the Federal Reserve does. But put aside for a moment the fact that the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury are constantly flooding the world with new dollars and debts, respectively. Because I'm not here to bore you with economics. Let me uh, turn your attention to something that you may be more familiar with. Credit cards. When a credit card is used, say, to buy $100 worth of stuff, that $100 is brand new money created on the spot and added to the economy. And since most people are impatient, undisciplined fools seeking instant gratification and keeping up with the Joneses, a lot more than $100 is added to the economy by credit cards each day. This constant inflow of newly created money causes inflation and the money supply to exceed demand. So if you don't learn how to grow your money properly through investing, your money will erode over time. And this is why you have to invest and also become financially literate. So I'm begging you, if you get a chance, read the Series 7 License Exam Manual. I mean, it's going to be a very boring, difficult read. It's going to be very hard to get through. But once you've gotten through it, you're going to be more financially literate than anyone else in uh, in your social circle. I guarantee you that. Or also read The Truth About Money by Rick Edelman. That's a great book. It covers just about every money situation that arises. Or read my book, The Financial Red Pill. 
I go into all the details about how to handle every money decision in your life and show you step-by-step how to reach financial freedom. It's not one of those pathetic, get-rich-quick guru books that's full of nothing but motivational fluff and platitudes telling you nothing practical and useful. What it is is it's hardcore instruction on getting you to the point of having that F you money. Attaining financial freedom will require great effort and commitment on your part. The investing world, it comes with a lot of great challenges like learning the lingo, understanding economic cycles, navigating account statements. And most guys and really most people just don't want to do this. They'd rather binge watch Netflix or play video games during their spare time than learn what a uncovered call option is or make an assessment of interest rate directions or determine the net capital expenditures of a publicly traded company to decide whether we should invest in the common or the preferred stock. And I'll tell you what, if any of that went right over your head, it's okay. It takes a long time to get a firm command of this world, but it's more than worth the effort. So in pursuit of this purpose, you will spend a great deal of time learning some very boring material. The Series 7 exam manual is incredibly painful to get through, and even more difficult are books on investing strategy and valuation. So what I recommend is making this one of your life's purposes and making it a priority over women. Do you think the ladies are doing this? Of course not. They're counting on locking up with some guy that already has this stuff figured out. They don't run the race themselves. They wait at the finish line and choose to be with the winner. And financial intelligence is one of those things that's going to help both you in your life without women, but then also help your chances with them because it's just uh, their hypergamous nature. It's more important, though, that you do this for yourself than for them. Imagine the better world we would have if all people were financially free, or even if just all men were financially free. If none of us were dependent on an employer, what would stop us from speaking our true thoughts? What would stop us from standing up for ourselves finally? No longer would we live in a world that was ruled under a female primary social pecking order. No longer would the world yield to the fempowerment mandate. No longer would we raise our boys like they're defective girls. Gone are the days that were disrespected by default. No longer do we live in a time where we're dispensable just for being male. I'll tell you what, that's a world that I want to live in. Also, in chasing financial freedom, you give yourself the freedom of not being a burden on others in a world that is unlikely to even allow you to become that burden. I mean, do you see lots of compassion and handouts given to male panhandlers? I mean, if any, it pales in comparison to that given to female panhandlers. The world really doesn't care if men starve to death in poverty. So you need to provide for yourself since no one else will. And there's also dignity, a new form of self-respect that comes from being able to responsibly meet your needs and gives you a newfound confidence that attracts others to you. The second goal that every man should have is physical fitness. This is another one of those goals that, yeah, will help you with women, but you're not doing it for them. See, the best reason to do this one is for yourself. Now, let's put aside for a moment all of the health benefits that come along with this and put aside all of the benefits to your appearance that come with it. What is it that you're really doing here for yourself in the gym? You're prolonging your life. You're blocking out the cancerous Trojan horses of laziness that really brings about the death of so much great potential in many lives. See, being human, it's in our nature to be lazy. The default status of ours is laziness. It's just a uh, genetic. Our ancestors in the hunter-gatherer age found out sometimes you'd burn more calories chasing down an impala than it could have provided you with as food. 
So they developed slingshots, arrows, and projectile weapons to binge that caloric gap. And this served them well in the hunter-gatherer era, but it's no longer useful to us in the present day of grocery stores and refrigerators. But our minds still think like our ancestors and look to preserve calories as often as possible. They look for the path with the least amount of effort. And allowing the inclination of laziness from human nature to govern your decisions will bleed over into many other areas of your life. After some time of taking it easy too often, you'll find even a small task like calling an insurance company too difficult to do. I'm not making this up. There are people, mostly millennials, that post on social media things like, I don't want to adult today. Like it's this horrendous burden to take responsibility for one's existence and pay their insurance. Or worse yet, the influences from the external world. They encourage and outright celebrate laziness. It's socially acceptable to sleep in. Netflix, video games, and porn are created specifically to encourage you to stay sedentary for binging on them. The thing that originally made humans get off their butts for gathering food, it can now be brought to you through a smartphone app. And many people are happy to live such an existence where they hardly have to do anything for themselves and can live like those fat people at the end of Wally. You see, the natural gravitation that humans have toward laziness is kept in check with routine physical fitness activities. When you're pushing it hard in the gym, you're teaching your body and your brain that life is not always going to be easy. So it better get used to doing the heavy work, literally. And personally, I've always recommended doing heavy weightlifting, but honestly, any physical fitness discipline is better than none. Uh, the bar to looking hot has never been lower than it is today, with most guys looking like fat slobs that live in their mother's basement doing video games and porn all day. But lifting heavy weights, bodybuilding, powerlifting, and uh, swimming. Hey, have you ever seen a swimmer that was out of shape? Or mixed martial arts is a good start. Now, me, I, I prefer the heavy weightlifting because it's a confidence builder that you can do all by yourself. But mixed martial arts, uh, combat sports, they're great for guys that felt they didn't have a good masculine fatherly influence growing up which is most millennials, because a lot of tough love and life lessons can come about just from getting a good kick in the ass and learning how to dish one out. Yeah, if you want to see an example of this, look at Joe Rogan. He was raised by a single mother, and he had no fatherly influence, but he became one of the most successful podcasters, and he attributes his toughness in the real world to his mixed martial arts training. Now, I don't recommend running or cardio, because that puts you in the catabolic zone. You see, running also requires impact with the ground and often a hard surface and that impact is going to have an effect on your legs functions later on in life and your bones doing cardio at an intense level will make your body go catabolic and what that means is it has you burning off your muscle as energy instead of your body fat but heavy lifting is also something that will naturally boost your testosterone and it's imperative you do all you can to that effect because with each passing day as you age your testosterone is in decline and low T will cause a host of other problems for you in life not just in the bedroom it causes you to have less of a competitive drive less hunger for success and then humans natural laziness is going to get a stronger stranglehold over you you see what is biology trying to tell us with obesity and unhealthy levels of body fat the vast majority of the population finds this condition to be repulsive now they may not admit it a lot of people like to tap dance around saying that but it's true we're biologically hardwired to notice it and make a judgment about it i'm not saying you should fat shame people or use our biology as justification to pick on them I'm not saying that what i'm saying is that people expand and bloat for a reason and that reason is that nature is trying to tell you to stop doing what you're doing because of its underlying unhealthiness and further it tells others that you're lazy that you lack discipline and self-respect 
Obesity as a condition exists to ward others off and encourage you to ward off the behavior causing it. But the opposite is also a biological signal to others. When you're fit, people are naturally attracted to you. And the reason why is because fitness is nature telling other people you're strong. You're a disciplined person. You're someone that can be trusted to do the right thing because you resist temptation. A big part of fitness is diet and resisting the hunger signals your body gives you. Now, ghrelin is probably a stronger hormone than even sex hormones. Theoretically, one could live without sex, but no one can live without food. And when you're able to resist giving in to the hunger hormone ghrelin, you've overpowered human nature and biology. So a purpose that every man should have and a goal that he should prioritize over women is reaching fitness goals. Don't just go to the gym and fool around with the weights. Actually set a goal like wanting to bench press 300 pounds and work your way toward it or dropping 30 pounds of fat and working your way toward it. And do not ever let a woman get in the way of these goals. Never let one cause you to postpone them. You see, one client of mine, he used to be a regular gym rat, but whenever he got into a relationship, he quit going. And shortly after his body reverted back to its natural repulsiveness, the relationship went south due to a lack of sex, and he was dumped not long after. And this had him going back to the gym and working twice as hard to get back in shape. But if he had just kept at it, he wouldn't have had to hit it so hard the second time around because he'd still be fit. And honestly, being fit, that's one thing you can do to keep your relationship. When you have a body that is attractive to women in general, your woman knows this. And she understands that if she does not behave, there's a chance that you may just go looking among the other women that are attracted to you for one that will behave. Because fitness can facilitate better relationships with women. It should be prioritized over women. Third one is learning to dance. This is one skill that every guy can learn, but most guys will not. But if they do, it gives them an enormous advantage over others. And that is to learn the art of flirting without flirting, dancing. Imagine for a moment that you were offered an incredible job opportunity that tripled your income overnight. And it came with great benefits, and it was work you would even enjoy. But there was just one catch. You had to move across the country to take it. The job was very tempting, and that made the move worth it. But what you'd have to sacrifice would be great. You'd have to start all over again with building your social circle. And you work so hard to establish one that you have right now. And you look back on it all, and you can only conclude that it was luck that made it. You're afraid that you're not going to be able to do it again. And you also are afraid that when it comes to finding women that are available to you, you're not going to be able to do it again. Maybe because of age or because of just being in a town where you don't know anyone. It's going to take a long time to establish yourself there. Now, some guys would probably turn to dating apps and websites to try to alleviate this problem. But as you know, online dating is a brutal world that just eats guys up for lunch and turns them into black pill women haters. But what else can you do? Knowing how to dance assures that you are always able to meet women and get their attention in a positive manner wherever you go. Just move to a new city, want to meet good-looking women? Even better, want to get up close and personal with them fast and have it socially acceptable? Go out dancing. You're showing her that you have a talent in something that she's actually interested in. And when you're good at it, she remembers it because so few men are good at it. Just entered a new club and everyone looks to be keeping to themselves. No one's paying attention to you or even noticing you. What you do is get on the dance floor and bust out your best moves all by yourself. Because this is one way to grab women's attention that they look at favorably. See, other things you could do to get their attention would probably be looked at unfavorably. But this is something that often and easily wins their approval. I can tell you, there was this one time I went to a music festival all by myself. And I saw all these beautiful women all, all over there. I wanted to go talk to them. But there was just no way I could get their attention. And if I had known how to dance back then, I could have put on a show for them. 
or asked them to dance, and that would have at least opened up the conversation. Or once they noticed me and I made eye contact with them, I had my foot halfway in the door to go talk to them, making for a greater chance of success at the uh, cold approach. So I learned that lesson. And then, one time I went to an adults-only resort all by myself, I faced the same problem. I didn't know anyone there, and there were so many people I wanted to talk to, but I couldn't talk to them. So how did I handle it this time? I jumped on the stripper pole, and I put on a show. The women were whistling and cheering. They gathered around to watch. Because you see, pole dancing, that's one way to kill two birds with one stone because of the great shape that you need to be in to do it. And women love it. I made more than a few fans that night. I made a connection with one lucky lady. Because you see, dancing allows you to start a connection without even saying a word. When she sees you out there dancing, she's thinking, I wonder what he's like. And she starts to wonder about you and fall in love with you all in her head. So by mastering the skill of dancing, you can even go on vacations by yourself or foreign travel and have a tool in your pocket that will allow you to meet women without being awkward about it. With this skill in your arsenal, you actually bring something to offer the women while you're out meeting them. And it's not something shallow like being tall. Even better, it's something that doesn't cost you money like buying her a drink. What you should be doing is just stop asking women if you can buy them a drink and start asking them if they can dance with you and watch your success rate improve dramatically after that. So new rule for you here. Stop asking to buy drinks when you uh, go out. Instead, ask her if she can dance. And if she says, no, I, I can't dance, then you just say, hey, I'll show you. You want to learn? And you're in. The third thing is a creative intelligence. I remember listening to Rolo Tomasi being interviewed on another podcast and going into the details about hypergamy. And the host of the program seemed to he seemed to have thought that hypergamy was nothing more than gold digging. So he straight up asked Mr. Tomasi, Would your wife leave you if you lost all your money? And Rolo answered, No, because I have a creative intelligence. Now, Tomasi is a musician and a graphic artist, and that's what, he is, that's what his creative side is like. So one stereotype that occurs throughout pop culture and media that appears to be true is that women really do go for the obsessed artist types. And we've seen guys that look completely disheveled all the time, and they dress poorly, and are probably even out of shape. But the fact that they can play an instrument of some sort and play it well, that makes them good enough. And while hypergamy has its influence, it's not the end-all overpowering force that many think it is. Uh, I don't like the movie, but uh, consider the movie Titanic. You have uh, that girl Rose who's engaged to this guy Cal who's rich, a respected man that carried the promise to support her lifestyle and meet all her future needs. She'd live quite comfortably under his roof, so all the right buzzers beeped in his favor when it came to her hypergamous nature, but he was bested by Jack, the poor pathetic drifter with no future. And what Jack had to offer was that he could draw her and show her a more fun social gathering than what they did on the first class decks. Even though Cal gave her a big fat diamond, Jack drew her naked, so she chose the latter. So seeking to develop a creative talent is definitely a purpose that you should prioritize over women, because these talents go very far with them. Uh, things like learning to play a musical instrument, or drawing, painting, and cooking. Yeah, there are many others, but I would focus on these four. I wouldn't focus on photography, or writing, or anything that involves weaving and sewing. Now, not that there's anything wrong with those hobbies, but when you look at the movies made for women where there's a male artist love interest, you can bet your ass that he's not just some guy that can knit a mean sweater. 
so you'll be better served to focus on musical instruments, drawing, painting, and cooking. Um, even while mastering one of those will help you better attain women, and even while uh, mastering just one of them will help you better attain women, put that benefit aside for a moment. What's great about these four hobbies is that they have benefits for you in even more important areas of life. And for example, learning a musical instrument encourages neuroplasticity and neurogenesis, and both of those are vitally important processes that keep your brain from losing its edge as you age. I've met a few 80-year-old people that were sharp as a knife when it came to trading stocks, and they also knew how to do it online, even faster than a millennial. And their secret was that they kept their brain growing in their old ages by playing musical instruments and learning a new song almost every week. See, it gets the mind working and allowing new synapses to be forged among the neurons. The old folks that can't use a computer or understand a basic concept that the rest of us easily get, they got that way from relaxing their brains too much. It's that natural human laziness again. And it comes at great costs. It's really sad to see. The easily confused old people that refuse to learn anything new are examples of someone who's paid it. They end up paying higher costs later down the road because they become targets for senior financial exploitation. With instruments, though, the best ones to learn are the piano and the guitar. And I would encourage you to mostly focus on guitar, because this is one you can carry around with you. You can even keep one in the trunk of your car, because you never know when you might need it. And the styles of music that I'd focus on learning is both popular songs of the past, like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, but then also the classical guitar. Because there's not a pair of ears in the world that's turned off by classical guitar being played well. Now, drawing and painting can go together. Uh, any woman that's seen Titanic has been conditioned to fawn over the man that can do either. But you don't have to feel like you're taking cues from a girly movie, because there's been many badass characters that were also great sketchers and painters, uh, like Ben Wade in The 310 to Yuma, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, and Frank Costello in The Departed. But telling a woman you can draw her naked and to perfection, that certainly won't hurt your chances of getting her naked for other reasons. Now, cooking is a whole different beast. And this is probably the most important life skill to have. I mean, sure, we all know how to work a microwave or throw a frozen pizza in the oven. But what about true culinary excellence? What about having the skills of a sous chef or a patissier? What if you could take random and seemingly non-synergetic ingredients and turn them into a work of art like they do on the TV show Chopped on the Food Network? I mean, firstly, your tongue will thank you for knowing how to create flavors like this and the old-fashioned way instead of buying them. And also, think of the health benefits. When you're able to make healthy food taste good, the ability to cultivate a certain taste through the manipulation of ingredients, that's both an art and a science. But part of the difficulty that people have in sticking to diets to meet their fitness goals is that the diets just don't taste great. You know, when you're trying to beef up and pack on muscle, many guys are told to eat bland chicken and lots of it. But what if you could flavor it and still keep it healthy? And further, the ability to cater to the taste buds is one less thing that you need others to do for you. One less thing you have to pay for. You never have to be so easily tempted to spend money at restaurants or Grubhub for food when you can make the same damn thing from the convenience of your own kitchen for less than half the cost. I tell you, from my days as a financial planner, I couldn't tell you how many people I saw who were shooting themselves in the foot when it came to reaching their financial goals because they couldn't stop eating at restaurants. And think of the money you'll save on dates as well, or better yet, how much more in favor those dates will be when you're inviting the woman over to a home-cooked meal as opposed to going out to a restaurant. Now, personally, I hate dinner dates. They're just too expensive, and by the time the food comes around, we're both so famished that we're just stuffing our faces instead of talking to get to know each other. 
What's better is to invite her over for dinner, impress her with your culinary skills from appetizer to dessert, and since she's already at your house, there's no heavy lifting or risk-taking that needs to be done to get her to go home with you. And best of all, you save a ton of money. So we got one left on the list here, and that is a handy hobby, because the value of domestic skills has been downplayed for this past generation. I mean, so many guys have been raised in single-mother households and never had a father to show them things like how to fix a car or an HVAC system, plumbing, or electrical systems. So these fields of work, they still hold up as male spaces like they've traditionally been, but still, the people that know how to do them has actually dwindled. I'll tell you what, if I were a youngster again, I definitely would have gone to a trade school to learn one of these fields, because you see, the demand for people with these skills is unreal. I've seen plumbers that make six figures a year, and it's not even disgusting work with toilets. They work on pools. This is something that will serve you better and have you retiring sooner than the fools that took on any sort of liberal arts major like I did. But suppose it's too late for you to go back to school. What can you do now? You still want to learn as much as you can about these crafty skills because they can save you a ton of money. And you know, whenever something like the air conditioner breaks or the dishwasher is puking out a puddle of water, just type that into YouTube. Dishwasher leaking in the front. See, I did this once when the toilet was leaking at the base and I found a video that explained the problem and fixed it myself for 20 bucks. If I hired a plumber, it would have been 150 bucks. Aside from the money. You're making yourself useful. A big part of what causes people to die quickly once entering retirement is the fact that they feel useless and that there is no reason for them to live because they have nothing to accomplish. But working with your hands is a boost to your mental health because it's hard to feel useless when you're fixing things. And when you're working on systems like the HVAC, the plumbing, or the electrical, it has you seeing connections, cause and effect. Functions like a line of dominoes and being able to make finer distinctions to navigate these systems and make judgments about them will also help your brain maintain neuroplasticity and keep it from going down the drain with old age. This is something that should be pursued before women because like all other things in this list, it will help you with them. And when you look at the handiwork tasks like plumbing, electricity, HVACs, and car repair, immediately you think of a man doing those things. And whenever one of them breaks, you say, you need to call a guy. These things are instantly thought of as masculine, and the more masculine you can make yourself, the more you stand out to women as opposed to the common soy boys they're used to seeing today. Now, ideally, you'd adopt all five of these things and make them your purpose, that you never let women come before. Realistically, though, there's not enough time in the day to focus on each one of these in the manner that it requires, so while it would be great to possess all five of them, they do not have to be possessed all at once. If your schedule only allows you to adopt one as your purpose, that's better than nothing. But if you can take on at least two, that's even better. So when I say get on your purpose and prioritize that over women, unless you have something else in your life that serves as your purpose, I'm referring to one of these things. So by focusing on these goals and, and devoting yourself to them first, you'll convey the value you carry when you turn down spending time with a woman because you have projects to do or when you don't so quickly return her text messages. The purpose of the purpose is to keep you too busy to be too available to her, too busy to be a simp. And that is it for us today. Thank you very much for listening. But one more thing before you go, I'll make you a deal. Wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, if you leave me a review on that platform and you screenshot that review and send it to me in an email to cairo at reinventideal.com that's cairo at reinventideal.com i will send you a copy of my free ebook the drama free relationship 
how to tame and train your girlfriend. Because here's the deal. In today's world, you do have to condition bad habits out of a woman that you are in a long-term relationship with, a woman that you choose to make your girlfriend. You're going to have to condition bad habits out of her. This book will show you how to avoid much of the drama and pain that could inevitably be caused based on the conditioning that she has received prior to being in a relationship with you. So that's the drama-free relationship. How to tame and train your girlfriend. I will send it to you for free if you send me a screenshot of your review to Cairo at reinventideal.com. Please remember that the bull gets blocked right here because I am my brother's keeper and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland. Your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends. Cultivating male friendship and making friends as an adult for men. What if you weren't the only guy that had trouble finding quality guy friends and keeping them in your life? More than likely you're not. Heterosexual males today are the loneliest demographic. Tragically, they are the ones that would benefit the most from friendship as they suffer from higher cases of depression and suicide. But isn't it just so awkward to go talk to another guy you don't know and try to be his friend? Sometimes, doesn't it make you feel girly to want to be closer to other guys? You're not alone. But what should men do? This book will show you how to fill this void in your life without awkwardness, looking silly, feeling gay, or embarrassing yourself. In the book, I will show you where to find high-quality men to befriend, the scientific formula that forges loyal friendships, a set of standards to ensure depth to your relationships, overcoming social barriers, optimally prioritizing and organizing the people in your life, and what a male friend can do for you that a woman cannot, not even your girlfriend. I will outline solid methods and practical advice for the lonely forgotten man to expand his social circle. A better life with brotherhood is just a click away. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends. Get your copy today at reinventideal.com slash friends. That's reinventideal.com slash friends.